0: In a world where everything has been done how can we do it differently how can we be next the big thing your art is for is to be seen by other people ultimately what we're all trying to do is figure it out ultimately we struggle so much in today's world with being original <laughs> and being like unique that people go through extreme lengths of hello life. fellow
1: photographers in this episode i'm talking with tatiana hopper about film school film photography, process of taking photos, and much more. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Make sure you subscribe if you want to be notified when I post a new episode. And also, there is one thing I would love you to do. I would be very thankful if you could go and give this podcast five-star rating and a review. If you like this content and you think other people might enjoy it as well, feel free to take a screenshot and throw it out on your Instagram story or share it with your friends. In case you would like to listen to shorter episodes more frequently, there is a new podcast called best of about photography. And it is updated daily with highlights from the interviews. All the information can be also found in the description. Now without any further ado, let's talk about photography. My guest today is a photographer, writer and aspiring director Tatiana Hopper. Thank you for joining me Tatiana.
0: Thank you for having me. And thank you for inviting me. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Pretty early in the UK. But uh, you know, we are early rises. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Both you and me.
1: Yeah. Um, One of the first videos I saw on your channel was film photography vlog, I believe it was from Egypt. But I guess you didn't start with film photography just then, right? When did you start with photography?
0: I think it's funny like when people ask me that I can never pinpoint a moment in time I think like it wasn't a thing where I one day picked up a camera and I was like I'm 15 and I'm gonna go for it I think photography has always been in my life with so much as with art in general Um, it was just like here and there and I remember being really young and like going to the beach with my family and like I remember um my family they had like this little yashika sort of like it wasn't the yashika i mean it was kind of like a yashika t4 like visually speaking i remember that vividly and i remember playing around with it and i've always been interested in photography so it's something that i've always done but picked it up and you know i picked it up and i dropped it off and then you know when i was 15 16 i started to have more you know of an interest and of course like around that time, digital was a big thing. And so I started with that. But then I was always interested in vintage stuff, because okay. I collect stuff, <laughs> uh, generally speaking. Um, and like, I just remember picking up all the all the cameras, I didn't even know what they were. But like, and I shot expired film, and it was like, blurry, not good at all. But I had some fun. So I'd say like, I'd say photography has always been in my life in a way. So it's not something that I've picked up like that, I think.
1: Okay. And so, yeah. is that why you then later um, joined and studied the film school? Or uh, mm. because you have a bachelor degree, right? And you currently working on your masters, right? Yeah.
2: So- yeah.
0: I think uh, it's all connected in a way. I think um, I remember being really young and always like, watching movies like watching films i remember being like what like six seven and watching charlie chaplin with my granddad and you know having those memories and always been interested in filmmaking um i never thought of it as a career until like i was probably like 18 or something because i was like well i'm finishing high school what should i do you know, and I obviously didn't want to go for like a normal life because I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not very normal. I usually say that. <laughs> so I wanted to do something different. And I decided obviously, because I always, I photographed in a way and I think photography really helped me um, with filmmaking, even like when I had to work for film school and do my own films and stuff. Um, it really helped me understand composition and like to prepare. And in a sense, like I remember, say, On my final project for film school, which was obviously a film, um, I had, I use a lot, I use photography extensively um, to prepare for either shots that I want to make, to either like explore composition, to, you know, just like literally um, photography was more than just a tool. It was like, literally like my best friend at that time for me to understand things that I needed to understand about how to film a certain thing, how to... Um, why use this angle and not that angle. And I think that was really important. And so, um, because obviously, I was around cameras before, I think filmmaking and photography for me just kind of like came together. And yeah, I decided to do it.
1: And why film didn't you want to try to study photography itself?
0: Uh, Yeah, I, I thought about it. But I think for me, Film has always been number one in a sense that film combines all that I want to do. Say, I like to write, I love to write. I I think writing is like a great um, way of expressing yourself, a great way of like, um, you know, just embody your relationship with the world in a story and also like put things that you really want to say. Um, And that is obviously something that I love to do combining with image, (laughs) which is obviously um, really important. And I think that, um, in a way, filmmaking embodies all the things that I want to do or that I already do. And so um, I guess it was, for me, something that I've always been very passionate about. I think um, something that I definitely want to do more of in the future, Um, because currently... I am very busy. Currently, I wish I could drop everything. you know, like, let's make a movie and then just go like somewhere else. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, I don't care about life. But um, and just go and do it, but sometimes, you know, we have to be responsible. So yeah, but I'm definitely, it's definitely something that I'm preparing uh, to do. Uh, I know that I've been saying this for a while, like on, you know, my channel, and everything because people always wanted to, to, you know, very kindly ask. And I think that's really cool. Um, and yeah, but it's something that I'm definitely preparing for for the next year, two years, um, because it does take a lot of like, preparation, a lot of like, how am I going to juggle work with real life with creating and stuff? I think that's, that's really important as well. Uh, so yeah.
1: And what do you do for work? Something um, creative? Or is it something completely different?
0: Something different? I think it's not, it could be creative. It was creative. Um I think right at the time um, there was a now has been a sort of like restructured with um, the pandemic. And so hopefully in the near future, we'll be more creative. It is a a creative thing. I'm not just like, I'm not hiding it or anything. I just kind of like think, you know, I like to leave it out of like, you know, it's not very important for me. I think it's more like a way of, you know, paying your bills and doing the things that you want. And like, obviously, you know, like I said before, like I can't really drop everything and just make my movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So until then, I think we all have to have like a, you know, a daily job, and then we are superheroes whenever we're not doing anything else <laughs> of a sort. So yeah, um, yeah, definitely.
1: And have you ever yeah. thought about photography job? Like because a lot of photographers do, for example, weddings or, you know, portraits, yeah, and stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, like my family, they, they asked me like, oh, you know, but you really like it. And like, I remember doing, taking some photos of my aunt's wedding, but I just hated it. Mm. For me, it's just like the sort of like, it's a job. Um And for me, it's like, say, doing YouTube, doing photography, writing, etc., it doesn't feel like a job because I really love it. Whereas like with wedding, working especially for other people, for clients and stuff, I don't think I could handle that because it would really frustrate me. Like I've I've tried to do that before. Um, this was like years ago and I did like a couple of shootings with people and stuff. I just really didn't like it <laughs> at all. It's not that I don't like people or I can't say that either. Okay. But it's just like it's a different method. It's a different style. And for me, I like to pick up my camera, I like to pick up anything and just go by myself, explore. And literally, like even say, when I'm shooting with someone in, like having someone posing for me, I just like, I'm really chilled. I just like most of the time, I'm just winging it, you know, <laughs> or trying to like, for me, it's just there's also a lot of pressure when you're not working for your own self, like, say, if something goes wrong with the camera and you're shooting a wedding and you know oh damn there's no pictures you know i just obviously that's an extreme example but i think like i just wouldn't like the pressure i wouldn't like dealing with people like that you know like um you know because i i'm always like if something happens it's someone else's moment <laughs> like very important moment in their life that is gone <laughs>
1: You, you also mm. talked about that for finishing your master's degree, you're working mm. on a script. Would you like to share? What is it? What is it about?
0: <laughs> yeah, I can do that a little bit. So the script is about someone who is unable to see people's faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is a good example as to what I was talking before about combining, creating a story, right, or creating a tale where you combine what something interesting something visually interesting with what you want to say not just about yourself but about the world so in this case with this project i want to talk about how we are becoming less and less of individuals and being more and more numbers okay. and faceless in a way um, because if you think about it i think um for some reason, I touched that on the video I uh, did about Barbara Kruger, um, Mm -hmm. who's actually I've got um, an artwork of her in here behind me. I just got it recently. And I'm so proud. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wanted, I didn't want to show it off It's actually always here. But um, uh, I wanted to say like, so I think it's like um, going through I I spoke in that video, I talked in that video about like, how we are in a way fed um, dreams that are not ours and things that are not ours, things that we actually don't pursue or don't need to pursue. And I think with this film, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the idea of identity being something that, you know, why can't we see people's... Why why can't this guy see people's faces? Because at the end of the day, like, we are becoming more and more and more of a one thing, one-man thing, you know? And, I mean, obviously... I know that some of us do try and be um, individuals. And, you know, this is a whole argument and discussion about this. But the idea is that um, this person can't see people's faces. And so there is a sort of traveling in time towards, you know, present, past and future, because I believe that time is fluid anyway. Um, and he's going to try and find the answer for this question. Why can't he see, is it a problem with him? Or is it a problem with the others? So I think it's a very interesting, like premise. Yeah, It sounds very it.
1: interesting. Is it mm. something that personally bothers you? Like, um, like a critique of society? Or is the idea something you came up with yourself? Or is it more like a picked from topics you got? Uh, you know, at
0: school? I think it was, I think it was more like, It's an idea that has been with me for a really long time. I've tried to do this film before. It didn't go very well. Um, And it's been with me, I think, probably for the past five years. You know, it's been like brewing. Um, And it's a very complex idea. So I've been working on it for a really long time. But I think, like, originally speaking, originally the this sort of like premise just came from like observing, you know, at the time I was living in a city, in a city, like a really busy city. And I just looked around me and like people's behavior, like it was so equal. Everybody was on the phone. Everybody was doing the same thing. And then like, you have this idea of say a trend, uh, something that is a trend, either a phone or say, I don't know, a book. Or whatever, and everybody's going to buy it. And then, obviously, I've always been very influenced by Barbara Kruger's um, art. And for me, it's kind of like, you know, when she talks about us being like sheep, you know, and talking about like, the idea of us being controlled by the media, and etc, there's something that really, you know, that really moves me because, and I kind of like always want to bring it to the table. Because I think it's so, so, so important that people realize that, that people start thinking more for themselves and start doing more for themselves, you know. Um, Say, I actually read uh, a comment yesterday on YouTube on uh, that specific video of Barbara Kruger. And somebody said, quoted somebody else, but saying like, um, I've never heard of two painters comparing brushes, right? And so it's the same thing with like, for me, that's why I don't discuss like, oh, I don't video don't do videos about like, um, where's this camera and how you know, comparing things, because to me, it's like, it's all um, a tool to an end. And I think you you shouldn't compare like, you know, like, two painters wouldn't compare brushes when I'm talking to another photographer, I'm not comparing his camera with mine, or, or, you know, her camera with mine. I'm talking about so much more, usually, you know, face to face and so I felt the need of like doing videos that precisely bring this to the table. Like, why are you buying this camera? Because you saw someone on YouTube doing a video that has like 80k views and everybody's saying like, it's so good, but is it really good for you? Is it really good for what you want for your work? You know, and I think that, um, it's obviously, I'm not really criticizing, like, people that do those videos. I, I watch those videos. I mean, you know, there's friends of mine that do videos like that, you know, people that I know, and I think it's pretty cool. But at the end of the day, like, it's interesting to think of these topics and bring it to the table. Like, as a creative person, I think you we should more or less keep our, say like something inside of us that can't be touched. I'd say like your core, Mm -hmm. try and keep it like, sane, safe and sound. That's what I always say, so that you can create something that is by you that is coming from you, you know, that's what I believe at least. (laughs) So
1: is that how you would like to use your influence to show people there is also something else than just looking on our gear videos on YouTube.
0: Yeah, I think, because if you think about it, like, if you go back in time, you know, when people were developing photography, and people were developing cameras, and etc, like, they were developing for, for the purposes of capturing this and that, which is what they wanted, you know, there's the intention of doing something there's the intention of like, capturing a moment whether that is to document whether that is to create something for an artistic purpose I mean photography has so many uses and forms and shapes and etc and I just think like I want to kind of like bring that to the table, because for me, it's really important that people Yes, you can, you know, choose your gear, of course, you do whatever you want. If you want to like m6, you can buy like m6, <laughs> if you want me a seven. I mean, I can't talk because obviously, I have cameras like that. And for me, I just, but I had many cameras before. So I've always tried and, you know, kind of like trial and error, like what works for me, what doesn't. Um, but it is important to think about other things that really are at the core of photography you know, why did photography start, it wasn't because anybody was looking to build an like m6, of (laughs) course, it was because somebody was looking for much so much more, right. So I think it's kind of like, you know, looking at what really matters, at least to me, of course, I mean, I'm always like, like I say, I always am very understanding and very respectful. And like, I've done videos about like cameras. um, And I think it's cool to actually make a video about how a camera influences you how it kind of like the tool, the tool that it has on your work and how you use it as a tool for your work. Um, Because that's what it is, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, I think like we, again, we shouldn't pick up something because, you know, it's cool and nice and costs a lot of money. I think we should (laughs) pick up something because you know, it's cool, it's nice and it works for what we want. I'd say
1: part uh, of the of, of the script of this project we are working for. Are you looking forward uh, t- to do most the the filming, the editing, the writing?
2: Mm,
0: I think based on my experience before, because obviously, so I've done two films before by me. Um, and I think like filming is always the one that I don't like. Just I mean, I it's very complex, right? Yeah. I love it because it's like something that you think, you write on a paper, and then it's coming live in front of you. And you're there's a feeling I can't really. It's a mix of things I can't really put into words. It's so, it's a larger than life feeling. I really love it, but then all the hassle dealing with so many people, it's it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. So I, I like it, but I don't. It's oh, I've always said this. I like it, but I don't but i think my favorite part would say either writing because it's where you come to conflict with yourself and you try and write and you push it back and forth and i love writing and i've always loved writing and i've got a project as well which i wanted to put out uh, i've been delaying it delaying it delaying it i think i should do really something about it which is a writing project and it wasn't because I don't feel comfortable, but I feel like it's a huge step, especially because English is not my first language, even though, you know, I kind of speak a little bit. But still, um, I think it's a huge step and, you know, it requires a lot of things, not just like from a monetary perspective or from, a you know, organization perspective, but also from me personally speaking to put out there. This is my style. This is what I do. And I think that, you know, um, I've been polishing and polishing and polishing, but I think I need to do something about it. And, but replying to your initial question, sorry, I do go around a lot. Um, I think I'd say writing, definitely. Writing the project itself is my favorite um, part of it. Because then obviously comes shooting and then it comes editing, which is putting everything together. And by the time you go to the editing room, your brain is half dead already. <laughs> You'll need a break at least a few days, and then you go to it and with a kind of like fresh pair of eyes and you try and do your best. Which is usually what I'll try and do. But yeah, it's definitely something that is it can be extremely well, it can leave you like drained, really. Like creatively speaking and everything else.
1: And what is your take on because some artists say that not only in filmmaking, but also in music and uh, other arts, that the artwork is because some people say that you have to shoot it almost like you you visualize it. And some people say that the artwork or the movie or the music is born in the edit, that uh, when someone said that I have already shot that and the only thing I need to do now is to edit it. And mm-hmm. some other people say, well, the editing is the majority of of the work. What is your take on that?
0: Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, even though I uh, I'll explain you my vision, because based on my experience of work, um, so I can write a scene, and I will try and have the space or at least as close to or as close as hu- humanly possible to what I envisioned. But I am also a big uh, supporter and believer in method acting, which requires a lot of improvisation. Mm-hmm. So I can write a scene, but I will ultimately work with the actor in what he's feeling in a moment. This is why being in a moment is so important in photography, in music, in creating. That's for me what the moment is, is creating. You're doing something so important. And in my previous experiences, um, I can try and have it as closer to what I want, but ultimately I will always leave the door or a window open for others to come in with their ideas and collaborate. Because let's face it, I mean, there's people that work like this, but I, I wouldn't want to work like this as a style, which is there's filmmakers that go on set, or say photographers, or, and everything is what they want. Okay. And it's kind of like a, not a dictatorship, but like, there's a, a, you know, I am in charge, I will do this. For me, I think, like, especially when you're working with a group of people, which is in filmmaking, you need to leave the door open for people to come in for people to feel appreciated and for people to actually you know feel that it's a collaboration yes ultimately your name is there and ultimately it's your idea and ultimately you are there directing it but then directing it also means leading which is you can lead a team but doesn't mean that you know other people don't have voices and so for me i think that it doesn't come i think the film comes together in the editing yes because you know, comes together as in, like, but there's a whole thing behind, which started with me writing and with the energy of other people on set and what we're doing, what we're creating. And so I think that ultimately editing will put it together, but I think it was done way, or it's been, it's kind of like a, a process that is ongoing ever since I first put my pencil down and wrote so something that started it all, you know, okay. that's my take on it. So it's not so much like a, either one side or the other. But it's like, it's a progress of work.
1: I'd say, and all this stuff, writing, directing, you know, filming, is that what they teach you at, at your school? How? um how other classes at you know the university or when you studied the bachelor or working on master? Well,
0: the bachelor's was so my master's is quite different than the bachelor's. Okay. Um, we do like we don't have practical things on the masters. I can do like basically I would have to write, and that would be enough for them if I wrote a script and that would be enough. But obviously, it's not enough for me because if I write something, I want to do it. And I feel like at I'm at an age and time that I want to do it, um, for the purpose of also following things that I want, and so because my master's is on writing, so I had to say this. Oh
2: okay.
0: Um, this makes sense now. That it's just like a script would be enough for them. So writing, writing
1: for film, or writing Mm -hmm. in
0: general. Yeah, yeah. But my bachelor's was like generally for film. Mm. So we do have like we did have like all those classes with sound, image, you know, cinematography, et cetera, et cetera, Um, editing, you know, and doing all those like practical stuff, which I enjoyed. But ultimately, like it's film school, like, you know, I'm just sort of like sometimes such a lone wolf in a way. (laughs) that I was just like, I would love it, but not with 50 people around me, <laughs> you know. But then obviously you think about it, like if you want to direct films and if you want to work in filmmaking, you will always have a team with you. Uh-huh. And no matter how big or small. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, I've had all sorts of classes, like practical classes in, you know, doing the bachelor's, you know, or writing in groups, which I hated it but but yeah writing in groups you do everything like and then this was obviously during the bachelors but on the masters it's more like a one person thing so i'll have to write a script you know i'll have to come up with it and like sort of you know finish it and present it as a sort of also like thesis for what I want to say and what I want to talk about and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but my master's now, I think it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, like, I would say, cause I'm going to put it on hold for a little bit, um, to dedicate myself to other things in life, creative things. And I think that's a, it's a huge step that I'm doing. Um, but I think ultimately is going to benefit me.
2: Okay. Um,
0: so yeah i think it's it's something that you know i've i've been like considering very very you know for for some time now but i'm i'm going to do it um because sometimes i think there's there's a time in life where you need to you have so much on your plate that you need to pick up a battle or pick up a war and do it one at a time you mm-hmm. know and right now i have so much going on that i need to literally pick up, okay, I need to do this and then do that and then do that. Because if I do all of it together, I will end up struggling and I will end up, say, for instance, like, um, struggling with videos on YouTube or, you know, with stuff. And I don't want to do that. I think, you know, if anything, YouTube has been like quite a blessing. I really enjoy it and brought a lot of joy to me as, you know, as I do what I want really, which is the <laughs> definition, which is the the bio of my channel. I'm Tatiana, and I do what I want. <laughs> <pretty much. laughs> which hopefully doesn't make me sound like an asshole, but uh, just make me sound like a bit of a crazy person. Um, but yeah, and I think so I'm going to put it on hold soon. I'll pick it up. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be dedicating myself to more creative stuff, which is always cool. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm wondering, Do you see an advantage when you create those um, YouTube videos? And also, uh, in your photography, uh, advantage of studying the film school? Because there is this, uh, like, Mm -hmm. on the internet, a lot of people says like, well, I'm a self made photographer, I never studied, I'm, I I taught myself everything, saying that it is their advantage not to be part of some kind of structure. And Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if you felt like, with your photography. And if you get and how much knowledge you get from the film school, if you ever felt like, well, I'm really happy that this helps me or if you ever felt like, well, I could have done that myself, I could have learned that uh, myself.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I think that, for me, it's a mixed feeling thing, because definitely, it was a guide as to um, learning about the history of cer- certain aspects of film that led me to know some filmmakers that influenced me in my work um i think from a practical level of things um i'm not a very practical person that's that's the first one but from the practical level of things it really has to depend on who are you and like what you really want and because filmmaking is not it's a complex world depends on what you want to do you want to be a producer you want to be an actor you want to be a director you want to be writing directing editing etc i think obviously if you go for something very technical which is say for sound cinematography and stuff i think to have not just not classes on its own but like someone that can guide you that knows what they're doing i think it's a, as an introduction and then you follow on your own i think it's good I think being a part of an institution, I particularly don't like it. I think it's it won't benefit you, but it definitely taught me things to do and what not to do. Say the biggest benefit I've had from film school of, of, at all, I think you would say, especially doing my master's because the school that I was at was a very, say, I wouldn't call it pretentious, but it taught you, to think as an artist Mm -hmm. and to seek what you want for yourself as an artist and that is the most fundamental thing that they taught me um and i think you know because obviously for me it's very important the question of identity and what i want to make and that was instigated in me by a couple of people and um, you know there's teachers and stuff that i met in film school Um, But I would say, generally speaking, these days, especially with the way technology is, I think you can easily, like, go and make your own movies. But then you will lack the sort of, like, probably, how should I say, kind of like, you know, not formulas, because there's no formula, I don't believe in that, but some of the luggage that film school gives you in terms of like, um, say writing, okay, you have a three act structure. um, How is that going to work? Rhythm flow of the story, like character arc, all of those things Then yes, you can learn by yourself. But I think it's sort of like, it's different because um, for me, I know that personally, a couple of people that I've met in the years I spent in film school was was really, um, was really helpful in a sense that obviously they were older, so they gave me some advice and they told me to never stop and and seek what I want and honestly be, you know, just have an identity as an artist and as an artist. And I think that's really important. But generally speaking, I'm not happy to be part of an institution, <laughs> you know. And then this is the thing. This is why I told you like before when we were discussing about classes. I was always so unhappy, like when there were like so many people and like, oh, let's film this, let's do this, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I was always like hanging by myself because one thing is like that way of when you feel you're part of a group and part of like an institution, and I don't, I just don't like that. Um, with, for instance, with the masters, I signed up because obviously it would be a good opportunity for me to meet the people here and to establish connections and kind of like networking and etc. But obviously, because it's a more like an individual thing, it works better, in a way than like, you know, having to film with other people and stuff. So I think it really depends on what you want to do. Um, But if somebody is watching this and wants to be a filmmaker or a photographer, and they're like thinking, you know, maybe I can go to photography school, and or, you know, I film school and... taught all these things start now don't wait for it yes you can sign up for it but do it do it because most of the time with many things in life i just do it by myself (laughs) say even sometimes like i pick up i picked up a canon a1 right and i just yeah it came with a box manual etc there's tons of videos on the internet but i was (laughs) just waiting myself Yes, you know, sometimes it didn't work. But, you know, it's just like the, it's kind of pure when you try things for yourself at first, you know, and you go for it and you try to understand it and you struggle and you don't know what's happening and you get frustrated, but then you get happy when you get like a little bit of a, you know, a good result here and there. And I think that if somebody's watching this and really wants to like, should I go for film school, photography, or et cetera, or photography school, just try it yourself first go, yes, sign up for it. But do it right now. Pick up a camera, whatever, five pounds. I don't, you know, like, don't, you know, we don't need expensive things. You know, we just need to do it. And you'll benefit immensely from it, I'd say. I know we talked uh, a little
1: bit before about how the artwork or how the movie is born on, you know, when you write it during the filmmaking, acting and stuff. But are you also that kind of person who wants or tries to imprint themselves into the final product, because you have, um, let me give you an example, you have a movies that you watch, and then you have no idea who did it, you just watch it and and you're done. And Mm -hmm. then you have movies like, um, for example, when uh, Wes Anderson does movie, you you look Mm -hmm. at Wes Anderson movie, and you know, it's Wes Anderson movie, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I think um, if I have so characteristics of my style that will make my film or whatever I do sort of like, it's mine, it's not anybody else's. So it's unique. Yes, I do. Actually, (laughs) I do. Um, And when it comes to filmmaking a lot, like I do uh, things that I think or I'd like to think that are um, kind of like characteristics of how I, not only see the project, but how I see my style as in, like, my way of expressing things. And so I might use, you know, like I said, we talked about method acting, which is something like that not a lot of people well, not everyone is into. Um, and it's obviously very hard to work, you know, when you're around someone, you know, it's, it's very hard, like, it's not easy when you work around method acting, and you work with actors like that. Um, It's very intense, very, very intense and very draining. And but I have other things like say, you know, like I told you before, time is fluid. Mm -hmm. So for me, there's always going to be not a set definition of where and when, you know, Um, I think it's more important, sometimes to think of or to see the what and to grasp the meaning of what we're seeing. Than focusing on those details. okay.
2: Um,
0: because if you think about it, like when you have, say, when you remember something, a memory, there's an image, but like, there's not like a timestamp on it. There's not like, you know, you might remember the location and stuff, but you don't remember it was the 12th of July of 1976. You know, <laughs> you, you sort of like, you have the idea of the act, the moment, right. And I think that's why i concentrate so much on that so the idea of time being fluid the idea of like identity and sort of there's also a group of themes that i've i've explored with my photography that I also do with my filmmaking mm-hmm. um existentialism um surrealism in the sense of like you know what is real what is not i think it's 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 like say i'd say if i ever like get to make movies they won't be definitely your typical love story in a sense that i'm not saying i'm not i'm not being pretentious or anything in a sense that i feel like uh, films filmmakers like andrei tarkovsky or say other filmmakers like Theo angelopoulos um they really their work really touches me because they go beyond the simple story beyond like the entertainment to bring forward thoughts and feelings and ideas that you never think you could have while watching a movie, you know, and it's just, it's just a movie. But then again, it's so much more, you know, and I think that's um, the sort of style I want to go for. Um, and I will definitely have like a couple of really strong ideas and themes that will, I think, oh, well, I'd like to think that would in the long haul. Um, if I get to do more than a couple of movies, people and people can watch it it'd be cool to say, Oh, yeah, I identify this movie as being by this person. And there's a connection between them or something. I think that's definitely something super cool. And I'd love for that to happen sometime (laughs) in the future.
1: Do you think there is a compromise between um, having this deep or deeper thoughts integrated in your art? uh, Like in photography or in films? Uh, on, on one hand and on the other, make it easy for the uh, audience to understand the art or what you want to say. Because sometimes it feels like, you know, s- some movies are just so art ish like that you kind of yeah. like, look at it. And uh, m- maybe it's because of my ignorance, but I just look at it. And I think like, I, I don't get it. Like maybe yeah. there is something deeper, but maybe it's miscommunicated.
0: Mm -hmm. I think you're touching a really good question there in a sense that um, so I think it's there was a time in our world where we used to do deeper things and like or build stories filmmaking wise or photography wise I wouldn't say because it still like happens and it's I think filmmaking wise this is more the point I'm probably wouldn't try to make which is um, people used to bring like or used to build meaning and in a very simple way but i think because we struggle so much in today's world with being original (laughs) and being like unique that people go through extreme lengths of like whatever you know to and build up these really strange stories, or like really complex things that you could say in such an easy way. Um, that obviously makes them unique, it makes them, you know, f- special that the audience end up not ends up not getting it, because it's too complex, I could give you a couple of examples of films that I've watched. And I was like, I don't understand, like, I don't know what's going on. And I think this is where you there has been a current or there has been like in a way in art in general where they're not it's like people are not paying attention to the viewers or uh-huh. to to someone coming and watching the movie and not understanding because they're not in your head so if they're not in your head how can I, how can they understand right and i think it has been this it's motivated in my opinion with the idea of like being original. And in a world where everything has been done, how can we do it differently? How can we, like, be, like, the next big thing, you know, the next yeah. big thing. And I think it's like, and, and, and honestly, I mean, I'm not, this is me. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And that's fine. But like, I think this is, it, it must be what motivates people to go to do so movies that are so like, difficult because at the end of the day we need to think yes you can be an artist but then your art only survives or your art is for is to be seen by other people and appreciated and as an artist i mean you can isolate in the middle of a, a you know a mountain in france or switzerland which is i believe where jean luc godard lives and you can do your own art and that is fine but i think at the end of the day you know like what's the point if you're doing it for yourself or for just a couple of people i mean you can do it that's fine but like don't you think it would be better to build stories where everyone can yes it can be different levels of understanding mm-hmm. but everyone will get a sense of the story mm-hmm. right um and i th- i agree with you in a sense that it is a really good question i think it's a really good question very pertinent in the world and I would love or at least hope that you know when I'm when it comes a time where I do my projects that I have the sanity and the clarity (laughs) to realize like if I'm going too far but usually what happens is I will do it and then I will submit it to a couple of people and see what they see if they can see what I see. And say with photography, for instance, like uh, my last video that I featured my photography was when I went on this little road trip with my cousin. Oh yeah, and and I think like majority of people how they read my photos, like they're like, oh, this reminds me of this. This was exactly what I was looking for, <laughs> and I was really like not surprised because i think it was quite easy as well like i don't think he was like oh you know i mean to say like this guy is about to you know kill himself and <laughs> there's a picture of this guy in the beach with roses or whatever no that's not the point the point was like uh, i think it was easy in the sense that what i was trying to compose i was trying to compose with meaning despite obviously not having any preparation at all and people saw what i wanted them to see surrealism existentialism dreamy dream dream about dreaming and i think it's really cool and i think you know if you have the also always in your head that yes you are creating something that is by you but you have to establish a connection with who is seeing it's about like who sees who's being seen and in a sense of like photographer and subject, but also who sees them both, right? So which is the viewer or, you know, or the audience, if we might put it this way. And I think um, I'd like to think at least that I'll have always like the plug in my head. I'll switch it on. I was like, okay, if I have to watch this movie without knowing anything, will I be able to understand it? Yeah. So hopefully. Okay.
2: uh, (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Uh,
1: You mentioned it already, but you wrote uh, in your bio on your website that uh, Mm. my work reflects on existentialism and identity, loss, and loneliness. Is that how you would characterize your photography style?
0: Yes, I think so. Yes. Um, I would like to probably, you know, reflect on that, I would say like, I would add um, surrealism, or like something of dreams to that, to that bio, probably I will after this. (laughs) Um, But yes, I would like to think of my photography as that I think that if, um, and I know that there's like more than a couple of people, but there's people that have been with me on this journey on YouTube for a really long time. And they've seen how I've come from like doing photos and just like going here and there to actually developing a style um, or bringing forward my style. And I think like in the future, I would hope to build more work around those things that you just said around existentialism, around surrealism, around, you know, um, being lost, but- Because being lost doesn't necessarily mean, like, in a a bad way, it's not a, it doesn't have to necessarily be a negative thing. Um, And yeah, I think that definitely I would, I see my photography like this, of course, like, I haven't released a lot of things I haven't, like, you know, I'm not, I don't go necessarily with a YouTube wherever I photograph, you know, i most of the time, I always carry a camera with me. Sometimes I don't even photograph for like a month or two, you know, and it needs to be like, um, but I'm always aware, if there's an opportunity, I'm always aware. Um, but I don't necessarily say if I shoot three four roles, I'll go and put them on YouTube, I'll find an excuse to put them on YouTube. You know, and there's a lot of things I keep to myself as well. It's important to sort of like, grow I'd say.
1: So are you in the stage where you work on your on, on developing your style and that you strictly focus on what you want to achieve with your style? Uh, what I mean is like are there like subjects you are not pointing your camera at the f- because it is not within your style? Like let's say it, it doesn't fit within those existentialism, <laughs> identity, loss, loneliness.
0: I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I don't think so. I think, like, say, I take loads of photos. Um, and that's sometimes, like, you know, of my friends or whatever or something else. Because if I see the value in something, even if it's not like for my work, you know, or how I see my work or my style, it doesn't mean that they don't have value. I think to take a photo is also a way of validating something or someone that is happening, mm-hmm. you know, something, a moment or something, an object, or someone, a person or people, etc. And I think it's, you know, it's a way of validating. And it's a way of also keeping yourself awake for life, you know, like life is happening constantly around you. And you need to, like, obviously, I'm not saying like, photograph all the time. But like, you need to like, it's cool to live aware of the things that go on around you. And so I would say even if they don't necessarily fit my style or don't necessarily say if I want to take uh, if I want to do go out in the street and do some street photography, I'll do it if I feel like it, I'll do it.
2: Okay.
0: And um, I don't think that there should be any constraints as to what your style is, because my style is very fluid. Like it doesn't mean that it's something defined, it might change in the future, and it will change in the future. It's always like a constant um, journey, I would say.
2: Okay.
0: Um, and <laughs> I think style style or whatever we want to call it. So yeah,
1: you also mentioned and I think it was a quote from Peter Lindbergh. Black and white is an interpretation. uh, And reality is in color. Uh, What are the subjects you like to use black and white and color for?
0: I think say, I absolutely adore black and white. I've always loved it. Um, I sh- I should with both, um, but I will always have a bit of a fondness for black and white. Because um, I grew up with, you know, obviously, it's, it's weird, because I'm gonna say I grew up with black and white pictures and people are like, where are you from 1920s? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I grew up with black and white pictures. Like, you know, I think my my grandparents and my mom, they love black and white photos. And so they always instigated that on me. And, you know, I used to even like, when I was a, a teenager, and shooting with digital, I used to just like shoot black and white anyway, or just like, put everything in black and white. But I would say, for me, I would agree a lot with that quote. And uh-huh. um, And especially if I'm trying to come up with a meaning or with something a bit more, I would use black and white. I love black and white. And I think black and white, it is an interpretation. It is bringing, it is sort of like gives it, gives the photo this dimension of almost like timelessness, you know, and almost like it's in a limbo of anything. You know, it's kind of, it's weird. Like, um, it's kind of like, yeah, it's in a limbo of like time and space. And there's this dimension of like, not having the color that sort of like, takes a bit from the moment takes a bit from reality, from the reality of the moment, I would say for me, but this is how I feel now I might change in the future. But I would say I'm progressively using more and more black and white. And it's not necessarily because I don't like color. Um, I do like color. And I would use color for um, specific things. Like, I don't know, right now I can't think of it because it needs to be like, if I have a project and I feel like color would be more uh, suitable for it, I will use color, you know. Right now I'm more in a sense of like, even though I think on the last video, you know the last photos I've posted online or whatever, um, it was a mix of black and white and color I think I'll definitely um, am more in this present time of my life connected to black and white.
1: Okay. You said it's more I think you said it or you quoted someone it's more philosophical, black and white.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, again, you know, there's, well, there's no right and wrong at the end of the day, you know, there's only your opinion and what you think it's valid and what you think it is, it is valid, it is valid or it isn't. But I think like, At the moment, I feel like black and white is definitely something that transports you to another dimension. It's like there's space, time, and black and white brings in a third dimension, in a way. That's why I was saying that it's like the image is left in a limbo, you know, between, between, you know, time, space, whatever, (laughs) you know. And I just feel like, you know, it's, it's, it is really how I feel right now, um, But again, it might change in the future. Um, But definitely, there's this philosophical um, quality of black and white to the black and white in this case,
1: talking about the effect of the artistic approach, you either use like black and white or color. Uh, There are also different uh, formats, right different aspect ratios. Do you feel it has different effects uh, on the photograph or on the subject you're trying to present because you use uh, medium formats, right? Mm -hmm. Are there any advantages over like three by two? In your opinion,
0: I I would say uh, from a printing perspective, I think if I think I might be shooting myself here. But (laughs) um, I've been always interested in shooting with different cameras in different formats. However, I think there's a time for everything in life. And if you're a good photographer, you will shoot with anything. And you won't say, I will only shoot with this because it's better. If it's better for your work, then that's fine. But I don't think that people necessarily saying that large format is better. um, It it makes it better. You know, Um, I think say, for a printing purpose, in my case, I chose medium format um, to introduce medium format to my work, even though I shoot a lot of 35 mil. And there's so many photographers, like, you know, not necessarily just popular, but you know, that have careers and have like consolidated careers that should with anything. And I think that that's more of like your role is value well, job as a photographer, uh-huh. to, to try and do you know, the best you can, because it's in here. It's in like, it's in here, it's in here, I usually say it's in the heart and in the soul. It's not about the camera. It's not about the lens, you know, and I think that for me, it would say, at least based on my experience right now, again, it might change in the future, but it would say just for printing purposes, because you have a bigger negative, and you have more detail. And if you're doing like, say, a three prints or larger prints, I think that's better in that sense, for, for at least for me, because I always get like, um, much more detailed prints and etc. When I deal with the larger format. Um, I don't necessarily think that, you know, I would pick up a larger format, it depends on the project, but I wouldn't necessarily think like, picking up a larger format should depend. You know, how should I say, I think with the cameras I have, because I'm looking at them right now, um, <laughs> with the cameras I have, um, I feel comfortable shooting with any of them. Um, if it is a project that requires something bigger, because I need more detail, or I need something probably like shooting wise is slower paced, say large format, I'll probably do it. But like, generally speaking, I think, you know, it doesn't really like affect me on a sense of like ratios and mm. it's, it's only for the printing for me, uh, okay.
1: I was and I would so, say so about the process. Uh, how you how you take photographs, because I believe you said that you uh, use medium format with a plan in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in comparison with regular yeah, that's, millimeter.
0: So, because yeah. usually, well, thinking like on a more like physical level on a more like, um, say, um, how should I say practical level? Okay. I can't carry a medium format with me anytime, anywhere. And it's, more you know, expensive, I have, to have to...
2: Right?
0: yeah, it is expensive, but like, think about it. I can't just like carry my Mia seven with me all the time. Yeah. I will easily carry my Yashica or I'll easily carry, you know, my Canon or my Lyco, etc. you know, and I think it's kind of like the, Compactability, the 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 fact that is a very versatile style that makes that makes it for me thirty five mil very easy to use. It doesn't mean that I won't shoot with intention, but it means I'll shoot more often because it's easy to carry around because it's easy mm-hmm. to have with me. Um, when I go out with my mamiya, you know, especially because I need to have a time off. You know, I need to go like, okay, I'm gonna have some time off. I'm gonna go on a road trip. Gonna do this and that. Camera is gonna come with me um, and. Sometimes it goes with me, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I shoot all the time. I might like take a photo and sing and think, oh, this is a really nice landscape. I'd like more, you know, I'd like to see what the comparison is. I think it's actually a good idea for a video, like comparing scans and stuff Mm -hmm. of like, you know, same shots or places, but with a 35 and with a, you know, medium format. And then just kind of like, see, just kind of like draw some conclusions about it um but i do tend to have more of a plan b- more of a plan because obviously like you said as well it's expensive as hell so you know it's expensive it's you know the hassle of carrying a camera around um, and you have so much equipment and you have like you know it's just like for me it has to be more of a plan as in like i need to know that i'm going to be out or on a road trip or doing something else
1: yeah i i was watching your youtube channel and it Really makes me uh, want to try film photography, and mm. uh, I loved your video with the Kodak Pro Image 100, which is actually a mm. uh, pretty cheap uh, cheap film stock. Mm. I felt like, mm. do you have favorite film stock
0: or do you um, try
1: different ones?
0: I try different ones, I've got a lot in my fridge, but um, I am preparing for a couple of different, well, uh, at least a project soon. Uh, soon, I'd say next year, early next year. And so I've been picking up a lot of black and white, I've been deciding which one I'm going to use. Um, I have currently, I've, I've always loved Fomapan. Um, it's a, so it's so cheap. But it's so good. I'll always say um, to anybody buy it because it's really good i think foma should start like sponsoring me <laughs> by the amount of people i've converted to Foma Fun. now Foma Fun is honestly one of my favorite films i wouldn't say like i have like say a favorite film uh-huh. but i love foma Fun when it comes to black and white um i also like punk a lot which i've done a video on my channel but really early days um i like it because i like the sort of like really low contrast.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I always use a Ilford HP five, which is like a go to this is in the black and white. Um, when it comes to color. Um, I'm very particular. There's so many like, film stocks I've tried, because with color, I've been diving very deep into ex- expired film, expired color film. I've been doing it. Um, and I would say, I um, I've been more concentrated on that. I haven't shot like a lot of fresh colour film, if that makes sense. Like I haven't bought a lot either and I haven't been buying um, just because I have a good stock of like expired stuff and I go for expired stuff a lot. I don't know. I think it's kind of like a shot in the dark, but still I go for it a lot. And yeah, I think that the probably, if we're talking about colour films i would say i like portrait but i like Portra 800 i think it's a great film stock i loved my results with it and i shot it very unconventionally um because i shot it during fog like really heavy fog um and i think it was super cool i shared those photos as well um and i don't know about how i feel well i don't know how i feel about Cinestill um I don't know how I feel about it I need to try it more um it's kind of like I would say not very reliable from my experience but then you know it might change once I try it more but yeah all the films that I've tried from them it's a bit like not very reliable sorry I'm just being honest (laughs) yeah but
1: part of a shooting film is also developing and scanning. Do you do it yourself? Mm. Or do you send it to to the lab?
0: I do it myself except if it's like heavily expired. And I'm always afraid of like dabbling with those things because I'll afraid in the sense of that. It's not that I don't trust myself. But it's just like, I would rather have someone who's more capable in than me on that technical side to do it. So I would send it to the lab very rarely if that happens um but generally speaking i'll develop um all my film and i'll scan it myself so yeah i think that also gives you um a control over like things like colors and are you gonna push it or pull it or you know because you can do that in developing and I think it's cool. And I just like, it's part of the process, you know, I like to do it, you know, it's kind of like setting up your own lab of, you know, mixing, kind of like you're a breaking bad sort of like, sen- scenario where you have like all these chemicals laying about, and you're just doing your own thing. I think it's cool. And I liked it to, to develop. I like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, it seems such a hassle compared to digital, right? But like, mm. I have feeling especially when I see, mm, the photographs you present on your YouTube or other film photographers on YouTube that the photos uh, taken on film just look, you know, so much better.
0: I think it's kind of like talking about artisan and industry, Mm -hmm. say, when people talk about the cost of film photography and stuff, say, if you want to buy a t shirt, right, and you can go to a shop where they're done industrially, like boom, 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 boom. And it'll cost you like three pounds, but then it'll wear itself off in like a week. But you can go to someone who can do, you can make your t-shirt who actually knows what they're doing, like a tailor or whatever. It'll cost you a lot of money, but the quality will be there. It's a really, it's a really tacky comparison. I would say it's not a very good comparison, but like if if you think about artisan and like what is man-made, and what is durable and to what is like industrialized say for me the problem I find with digital and I will never say people like oh don't shoot digital that's bullshit and whatever no I would never say that (laughs) okay because for me you should shoot what you want and especially with the costs that are involved with film if you can't afford it it's absolutely fine you do not have to you know like that's why my channel I do film photography But my channel is about photography Mm. and photography is everything, you know, like I don't discard the possibility of one day going around with someone and just like trying a digital camera. I mean, I have a digital camera, which is the one I shoot my, my videos with. I don't use it for anything else. I probably wouldn't even know how to handle that, (laughs) but this is, this is, you know, it is true. Like uh, I'm being honest here. I'm kind of a a knobhead when it comes to that, but I think it's kind of like for me, the sense of like, um, really producing a photo, it's everything there. Yes, you do use a camera, which at the end of the day is a machine, but like it's a manual thing. At least mine are. It's a manual thing. You put your film. You set your things. Like you set your. You do your settings. You take off the film. You develop the film. It's a labor of feeling, okay. you know. Um, and for me, where digital lacks is that. Yes, you can have feelings involved, but there's like this very flat, um, say, visual to the image. Because when you talk about film, there's always like these different colors and nuances and very unique way. And I think that has to, for me in my head, I'd like the thing that has to do with like all the hustle and all the feeling <laughs> and all the sweat and tears put into it. Whereas like digital, Um, For me, that's why probably it would justify for me that digital has a more like flat look to it. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can do the filters and everything. But like when you think about like, and it might not work for everybody, but you can put a filter on it and your image will be done in like two seconds. Mm -hmm. But then you can build that filter from scratch with the film that you're shooting with whether you're pushing or pulling or what you're doing and you know you corrected yes in the you know post production obviously where where you're like uh, scanning your photo and etc but like i think that's where the two part ways mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that this is photography this isn't it's all photography it just means that some of us choose to be stuck in time uh-huh. if that makes sense <laughs> and want to still appreciate because for me it's like also showing the appreciation of people that worked so hard for so long in, in, you know, in history, to create what we have today, you know, I think these cameras are so, you know, magnificent, I really love it. And I think that it's a shame to leave them in a box and full of dust Mm. when they've done so much, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But I think if you don't do film photography, I think the best way is like after this interview, you have to promise me that you're going to pick up something. It doesn't matter. You go around (laughs) your local market, or your local vintage shop, and you're gonna pick up the whatever camera you feel like it, you know, and you just try it yourself and see where it leads,
1: where it leads you. I I checked on the internet few few film cameras and uh, the prices are really like, you know, going up uh, recently. (laughs) Like, it's been (laughs) You know, it it used to be like you pick up a cheap film camera because like there is no other option for you. But but now it seems like it's almost um, the other way around, right? Like the Mamiya mm. Seven, or you know, you know, we talk about these high end like high end film yeah. cameras, but also the other ones are like you know doubling on what they cost like I don't know two three years ago.
2: Mm
0: i agree the price of them are going up but i think it's because film photography has become a trend Mm. in the recent years but i'd say like mm, let me get this one i'd say like this camera costed me five five pounds (laughs) and i use it and i still i love it and i think it's like yes it looks quirky and you know weird and like you know obviously the camera is plastic the lens is plastic but it's just the satisfaction that comes from like trying things like this and it doesn't have to be um that's why we go back to this point that i was originally trying to make you know like you don't have to have a mme7 you don't have to have a leica like people often ask me um because obviously my videos the way i shoot it there's cameras on my shelf and people often ask me like Oh, is that a Mamiya seven sitting on your shelf? Oh, could you not do a video about it? Like, but to me, it's like, if I do a video about it, I'll do a video about how it, what the, what's the weight of my work, Mm. you know, like, what, what is it? What's its, what's his role on my work, how I use it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit and talk about all the specs and everything, you know, because I don't want to introduce the wrong idea to people, which is like, in order to be a great photographer or a good photographer or have you know, be successful, you need this kind, kind of camera because you don't. Um, and I think that's very, very important. It needs to be said more often. So if you pick up something like this, <laughs> you know, you're still as happy. <laughs> and you still have as much fun. Um, and you don't definitely need like an Mamiya seven, etc. I think, um, I'm not too sure, but I'd say probably like with the rise of the YouTube scene and film film photography YouTube scene and and also like influencers and all of that. I think they might have played a role in the price of film cameras because, say, I don't know how much it costs. Like, to be fair, I don't know. Like, probably say people pay like three grand or two grand for a Leica M6 or more. You know, depending on the state, the condition, if there's what's the kit <clears throat> and. You know, years ago, like you could do it for way less, you know. So I think it's like people started to popularize this camera or popularize the Mavis 7 or any other camera. And it just goes over the top because then everybody wants that camera. Mm -hmm. It's that mentality we were talking about of like becoming faceless in a way. You know what I mean? Like we all follow the same wants, without realising that those ones are not our needs, mm. if that makes sense. Unfortunately, world <laughs> <laughs> is the way of the world. <laughs> it's the way of the world. Uh,
1: you mentioned your projects. Uh, I've heard you talking about project by the seaside. Is it a project mm-hmm. you're working on? Or is there a different project you would like to work on?
0: Yeah, so I initially thought I could do that a project by the seaside because I was born in a seaside town I grew up near the seaside <clears throat> but then that project actually became more it started with the idea of like probably going and you know thinking of like shooting either seaside towns and or maybe like going back to my childhood and see why have I never felt at home um, whilst being at home, if that makes sense. Or why do I struggle so much with the idea of identity? And, uh, you know, people ask me all the time where I'm from. And I just say like, oh, this is me, you know, <laughs> cause it's like for me, um, I think you do belong in a way to where you come from in a way, mm-hmm. but then what happens when you f- don't feel like that? And so that was my idea for my initial project. And so because again, I was born in a seaside town, I thought it would be interesting to do go around and do that. But then it didn't work for me, because I just felt like it needed to be more, it needed to be more of a like, as my life progressed to the UK, and um, why don't I do the inverted route and see where that's going to lead me, mm. um, say probably like a, you know, maybe go on a road trip and just hike see where it's gonna lead, which is the idea for now. But um, it it has definitely developed from this microcosmos of having like, oh, uh, seaside towns to like, something that I think is is might be bigger. Um, But I'm still working on it. But like I said, I have no rush as well, in a sense of, I think we shouldn't put that pressure on ourselves when we're creating in a sense that it will mess up with your head. Mm-hmm. and with your um, creative flow, if that makes sense. So yeah, that project has definitely grown up a little bit is in a different stage now, but I'm still working on it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Is it a project for a book? Because you th- said you would like so. to publish a book in the future? Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, somebody wants uh, it was I think on a video for a and a And somebody asked me like, um, in the next five years, how would you like to see yourself Or you have pro- projects or you have like goals in mind? And one of my goals was definitely to do that. Um, and I think um, in order to do that, um, it's not just about preparation, but I need to be sure about what I'm doing. If it's going to be the first thing, I just don't want to put like, oh, I've taken pictures this year and the last year, I'm going to find an excuse and put them together. Yeah, I could do a little bit of a journal. That's cool, but it's mm. not. At the end of the day, it's it's going to be more like a little booklet. It's not like a book or mm. like something that is, you know, concrete. Mm. You know, so definitely this project, I hope it could be a book. I <laughs> hope it could be a book or, yeah. or
1: prints. Right. Uh, I oh, saw print. you were selling prints on your website, but you're not doing that anymore, right?
0: I'm going to be doing it soon. Okay. Um, I'm going to be doing it soon. I've got, I've got a couple of things I'm working on coming. Um, and I think I just opened this sort of like period of like a month where I did it. I also, um, cause I was hoping I could also help, um, because I was donating, um, a, pro- a percentage of that to, um, local charities and stuff. And to, um, we've, so I've done one for local charities and I've done another one for like uh, mental health related, um, you know, charities and groups and et cetera. And that's, it wasn't the sole reason why I did it, but was a, was a great motivation because I wanted to use photography to also show that we could, yes, help out Mm -hmm. and we could yes, have photography as many roles, as I said, and it can be important on that level. So I've done, um, I think, a run of prints and obviously I did it for like a month, but um, I've discussed this before and, um, you know, obviously I always tell people like I'm very open. Um, of, of course I have projects, but that are secret or they are for now for me to know, but I do am very open about like the things that I want to do. And definitely one of the things would be like either have some prints or more things coming soon to, to the website and like you know try and always kind of like have a shop on and then always like rotate the number of prints or mm-hmm. do like specific prints or do you like you know print by order and also I'm getting some equipment for a dark room and I think it's something that I really want to like learn even more so I mm-hmm. think it'd be cool to like exclusive things like that like darkroom prints and stuff. I think it's cool. So, yeah, definitely something I want to, uh, I'll be doing like very soon. Uh, very soon, I'll be doing that. So, yeah.
1: In your YouTube videos, you also talk about photography books. And there was a mm-hmm. quote that I particularly liked uh, mm-hmm. silent learning that comes from observation. Uh, is that how you learn from photography books?
0: Yeah. Yeah um obviously you can learn in many ways um but it's there's a thing and that's why i created that series is because there's no better way of like going through a photo book or watching a movie Mm -hmm. just by yourself or whatever and really paying attention and learn you can learn so much like and you can ask yourself oh this person composed this way and this photo comes after the next one. And so there's a, a connection between these photos. So you learn about aligning photos, you learn about the flow, the rhythm of a project. And I think that is definitely one of the best ways. And that's, that's how I learned, silent learning, the best sort of learning <laughs> that is. Because um, yes, you do have questions. Yes, you will have, oh, why did this person do this or why did he choose to frame it this way or why this photo coming after that one but then it's something that you do with yourself you discuss it with yourself and you just you know the fact of like just observing Mm -hmm. taking time off whatever you're doing and observing i think it's very very important because we we all live lives that are very busy and we seldom or very rarely all of us sometimes we all we all need it which is a little minute to just take a step back and i think there's nothing more One one of the things that are most fulfilling for me is literally taking a step back from everything and just having a, a book and going through it and i've done that very recently i was actually preparing a new video yesterday and so i was going through another book that i'm i'm going to video is going to be about i can actually i'm going to say it because it's, there's no point um I, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of nan Golden. um she's a really good photographer and um, the next book i'm going to present is the other side mm-hmm. uh, which is a book um that compiles photos of her friends um and she became really good friends with so touches basically um themes of being drag queen, and, you know, transgender and etc. And it's just the photos are really amazing, really amazing, really good. And I think that's an important book. And I've learned a lot with it. So yeah, definitely. So
1: when you get that book uh, in your hand to you go through it, on like the first time to kind of absorb what the artist mm-hmm. meant to say, and then you go in like separate session to you know, look for the sequencing for the compositions for the colors or something like that?
0: Yeah, so I usually so I go through the book, you know, I take my time, sometimes it's like, um, it can be fast, or it can be like really slow. And but I just generally try and absorb like, what is this book telling me? And like, what are these pictures about, you know, and, and then, you know, I might write after that, like my first impressions, if there was a specific photo that caught my eye why what why what did I feel um you know and then obviously I do a bit of research and I go a second time and I look you know more closely at some compositions but and, th- and then basically what I do is like I combine the notes I had from my first impression basically like a, a no kind of like no preparation no like a pure impression of what it was for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, no introductions, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally don't read the introduction. I just go, I read, like, say with the, this book specifically, there's like also bits of writing in it, like letters. And so I went through the photos and letters. And that's what gave me the idea of this book. And then obviously I read the introduction, I do the research and et cetera, and I combine everything together.
1: Okay. So, yeah. And do you try to do you try to not imitate but you know get inspired with the style and for example let's say i will try to shoot you know th- this angle because i never thought about it before and it seems interesting to me
0: mm-hmm. that actually never happened to me it might happen you know at some point in time, but i don't think it will um because for me i think say with the books that i've explored i've only done like three episodes on that but with the books that I've explored, uh, it was more like lessons on, like, you know, the f- sort of like formative level of photography. Like, yes, composition is nice, but like being in a moment, uh, the public image, private image, identity, mm-hmm. you know, things that I've discussed with other books. Um, and I think it's just like lessons that I transport to my work or my ethics as you know, as an artist, but um, I wouldn't necessarily say, because I saw this photo, I'm going to photograph the same way. Mm. Because most of the times, if not every single time, (laughs) all the books are very different from what I want to to do. But that's the beauty of it. It's the beauty of having an open mind to see value in everything, Mm. and to learn with everything a little bit here and there, you know, Uh, I think that's very important
1: we talked about it a little bit before about, you know, carrying your camera around. And there is also this, like, idea, or a lot of photographers uh, say that you should always take a camera. So you, you know, always trying this. And we talked about that. When we for example, watching movies, and you know, try to analyze stuff, what this director did or, or this director did. Is there like a time for you to relax, you know, t- to be like, I'm not caring about photography today. I- I- I'm not like feeling it because uh, at least for me, sometimes I feel a little bit overwhelmed, okay, and yeah. also a l- little bit like, I should have taken camera and I'm not doing it. Am I really like uh, a f- photographer, you know, and there mm-hmm. is a quote mm, by Matt Stewart, which I really like. And he said that there is a difference. If you are a photographer, you should carry a camera. If you are, if you are not carrying a camera, you are just someone who saw something and then told someone about it, which, which seems seems fun in a way, but also sometimes it feels like, you know, I don't know if you have something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking about I should do photography Mm -hmm. because I'm in this to to learn and improve Mm -hmm. and
0: It's funny, because actually, uh, I was writing yesterday a video, and I can't remember which one it was. But I do. I did make a note about that about the presence of a camera. Oh, I think I know what it was. Uh, It's a segment called camera to photograph or not to photograph and why. Okay. And so basically, I do say like, I carry a camera with me pretty much all the time, like I put my yashika in my bag, and it, it just goes with me. Like sometimes I don't even it's not you know, how should I say I don't think necessarily because I think you do need there is a time that becomes overwhelming. I agree with you. And so on those times, I just try and take my mind of it um, and try and either like, you know, just concentrate on something else or literally just take a time off, you know, but as I told you before, I carry a camera, but like, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm, i am um that I'm photographing all the time. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But for me, it's a way of um, sort of showing me that, well, I'm aware of what is happening. And if I want to photograph, I will, you know, Um, but there's no pressure about it. I have a camera with me. It's not the best camera, the best lens, whatever. I don't, I don't care really. (laughs) Um, But I think like, there shouldn't be a rule. I think you should do what you want, Mm. really. And you should never ever feel guilty about, this is the circle of influences that we live in. Mm. Because you feel that way, because someone else, you see someone else saying or doing it. Ultimately, what we're all trying to do is figure it out, ultimately. Like ultimately what I'm doing with my YouTube, what I'm doing with everything that I do is figuring stuff out, figuring life out. And I should never have to feel this way or that way because that person is doing better or because that person is saying this or that. They're saying it because it's their opinion because they figure it out themselves, you know? Just because this is the thing that is why it's so important, like, to be aware of the world we live in. And if you feel overwhelmed, if you don't want to carry a camera throw it away, you know, <laughs> put it in, put it in a drawer and just like come back to it when you feel like it. You know, sometimes we do need those breaks because life is very intense. Life is not easy, you know? And I think like, um, if I felt overwhelmed for, for times and I haven't been photographing lately because I have no time, you know, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't necessarily blame myself or feel bad because I see these people online posting this and doing this and doing that. They're doing their own thing and I'm doing my own thing. That's what I think ultimately, you know, so um, never feel guilty about like, if you feel a pressure to do same th- things, if you feel the pressure to do something that you ultimately love, then that there's something wrong there, oh, yeah. you know, so I-, I believe in that. And so I feel like let it flow and do your own thing. And, you know, yeah.
1: Perfect. (laughs) Thank you for that. And then I have one last question for you. Uh, Sure. I kept the best one for the end. Uh, Are you getting more into skateboarding? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, No,
0: I am too clumsy for that. The truth is, I'm a very clumsy person, like the people that know me in real life, like, you know, dealing with me. They know I'm, how clumsy I am. I'll probably like break an arm or a leg. If I actually do it, <laughs> it's it's that bad. Um, I did try um, just, wh- when was this? I think last summer or something. I just I, It wasn't my skateboard either, but I just tried a little bit and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be the next Tony Hawk or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, it's too late for me. It's too so late to grow that talent. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, no. unfortunately, I have to say, you know, disappointing, disappointingly, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting better at my skateboarding abilities. No, okay. I am not any. <laughs> Maybe
1: photograph skateboard scene or competition or something like that.
0: Definitely, I would, I would be down to do it. I mean, the place where I live right now, there's not much skateboarding around, but that mm. doesn't mean that I wouldn't travel if I travel say and I'm just like out and I see some really cool kids like hanging around I'll probably like I mean I'm too awkward to go and like straight away and just like oh can I take pictures of you and I'll go like but I'll try I'll try Mm -hmm. I'll try and take a picture or two and then I'll probably like approach them and say hey I do this but I kind of like what I'm seeing would you mind if I do this you know if I take a couple of photos but it'll take me a while because I'm not like a very i'm not a big extrovert i would say okay thank you <laughs> so it was a
2: nice
1: you're conversation welcome. thank you for coming
0: <laughs> you're welcome and uh, it was a pleasure really i really enjoyed it i think we touched so many different things like you know on a deeper level or talked about color and black and white or cameras and you know i think it was super cool yeah. so thank you for having me
1: thank you once again for joining us today i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did Make sure to subscribe whenever you're listening to it. Please give this podcast a 5-star rating, review, and please take a screenshot and throw it out on your Instagram stories so other people might find it as well. Come back next week because I will be talking with Sean Tucker about photography. In case you would like to listen to shorter episodes more frequently, there is a new podcast called Best Of About Photography and it is updated daily with highlights from the interviews. I'm very happy you are tuning
2: in for another episode of Podcast About Photography. Until next time.